Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. In the first reading from the book of the prophet Malachi, as well as in the gospel, both Malachi and Jesus address the corruption in the leadership of the religious establishment of their times. The leaders don't practice what they preach. And so Jesus tells the apostles not to be discouraged, but he also tells them the teaching that they know that was given to them is not corrupt. Why? Because the source of that teaching was God and God alone. Therefore, they should follow the teachings of Christ, the teachings of God, but not follow the practices of the leaders of the religious establishment, the leaders, the Pharisees themselves, and how they live their lives. Now, if you look at our church, the Catholic Church, over the past 2,000 years, we've had, you could say, bumps in the road in which the leaders of our church have not been necessarily morally good. If you look at the Great Western Schism, which three men declared themselves to be popes and fractured our church. A few hundred years later, you have the Great Reformation with Martin Luther, when many people left our church. So you ask yourself the question, how can this be? How can a church that was created by Jesus Christ himself have these problems from time to time? Well, I think what we can turn is to Paul. Paul's letter to the Galatians. He sums it up the best. He says, we hold God's treasure in earthen vessels. Well, what is God's treasure? Well, our sacraments, our sacred scripture, our tradition, our doctrine and dogma, those are all God's treasures. But we hold them in earthen vessels. What are those earthen vessels? Well, we are. We make up the body of the church, human beings, individuals. And because we are human beings, we can fall into corruption. We can choose something bad versus something good. But nonetheless, we have to realize those things shouldn't undermine the validity of our church or the church's teaching, which is the source of God himself. In some ways, you could say we can't throw out the baby with the bathwater. And I think that gets to the heart of what Jesus is trying to teach the apostles and us. Now, with that in mind, go back into the gospel makes more sense in what Jesus is saying. Notice how it begins. The scribes and the Pharisees have taken their seat on the chair of Moses. Well, that tells you right there, the Pharisees are now the leaders, the leaders of the Jewish faith. Jesus continues, Therefore do and observe all the things whatsoever they tell you. Jesus is essentially telling the apostles and us, our faith is based upon the teachings of that were given to us by God, and not based upon the actions of some corrupt spiritual leaders. That's why he says, do and observe all the things, whatever they tell you. And so, it's important for us to recognize just that, 
The teachings of our church are divinely inspired, given to us by God. Nothing should undermine that at all. That's what our faith is based upon. Despite the fact, as Jesus is trying to teach the apostles, the leaders don't practice what they preach. And see, this is a good lesson for us all. You know, if we are to talk the talk as Catholics, we have to walk the walk also. In order for us to be authentic Catholics, we have to be able to practice what we preach. I would argue we shouldn't even have to tell people that we are Catholics based upon how we conduct ourselves, how we behave, how we live out our daily lives. That spells out or speaks volumes to tell the entire world who we are, that we are Catholics. Now, Jesus continues. He says, They tie up heavy burdens, hard to carry, and lay them on people's shoulders. What is he getting at here? Well, in hands of some people, religion can be used as a weapon. Say, for example, there is a person who knows their faith intimately, knows the moral life, and there are other people there that don't really know the faith or the moral life. And so this person that is knowledgeable can point out to the others how they are not living up to their faith or not living a good moral life. The temptation, moral superiority. And see, Jesus is trying to tell the apostles, as well as us, that part of the Christian faith is that we bear each other's burdens. We don't add to them by being morally superior. We help each other. We're all in the same boat together. Therefore, if we see someone in need of help, especially those that are having a hard time, spiritually, morally, we go out and we help them. We don't contribute to their hard times or their difficulties. I'll give you a great example of this. The seminary that I went to, one of the biggest problems that we had was gossip, gossiping. And at one point in time, it reached, you could say, its climax, its apex, the worst. And one day, I was in class with a professor named Father Larry Hennessy, and he was teaching us about church history. And he, maybe five minutes before the class ended, he put down his piece of chalk, and he said, I am sick and tired of what's going on in this campus and the gossiping. And he said, from now on, and he pointed his fingers at all of us, and this was about 30 guys in a room. He said, from now on, you are going to live by the Father Larry Hennessy rule. And he said, you know what that rule is? You can gossip and talk about others, provided that you are willing to help them in their foils or in their bad habits. You're willing to help them change and change for the better. And if you're not willing to help them, then you keep your mouth shut. I'll never forget that. You know, the whole room became very, very quiet. You could hear a pin drop. Now that happened maybe 20 years ago, but I can remember it with vivid imagery like it happened yesterday. That's how profound his statement was. And this is what Jesus is talking about. We have to be on for each other. That's what the heart of the Christian life is all about. We have to help each other to grow in a greater spirituality and greater faith. Jesus continues, He says, all their works are performed to be seen. Well, now Jesus is highlighting the motivation of their good works. Jesus is criticizing the Pharisees. Yes, they do good works, but they do good works to be seen, to be noticed, to receive praise from other people. Now, don't get me wrong. 
Jesus is not criticizing the good works that they do. What he is criticizing is their motivation. Now, we all have to do good works to be Christians, but it recognizes what is our real motivation. Is it like the Pharisees to receive the admiration of others? Or do the good works that we do, is it really inspired by charity, compassion, and a true spirit of altruism? Jesus continues. He says they widen their phylacteries and lengthen their tassels. Well, what are phylacteries? Well, phylacteries are a thin piece of cloth, maybe about a quarter of an inch, and you write sacred scripture passages on those pieces of cloth. And then what you do is you wrap that cloth around your arm. The symbolism is you're wrapping yourself in sacred scripture. Now, this is a great symbol. There's nothing wrong with it. But what are the Pharisees doing? Well, instead of a quarter of an inch in width, maybe theirs was two, three, four, five inches in width so that everybody notices what they're doing. They want to make sure that everyone notices this external sign of piety is done for the express purpose so that other people could see and admire them. Again, Jesus is criticizing that. He's criticizing that people can use religion to draw attention to their own egos. Now, I would argue a major purpose or function of faith and religion is to draw us away from the ego, to draw us to Christ, to serve God and others in this world. Sin is obsessed with the ego. It draws the attention of themselves caught in a prison of their own ego. Sin essentially is the person that is constantly preoccupied with themselves. Instead, what does faith do? Just the opposite. It helps us not get locked into that prism of our ego. It frees us, you could say, frees us to serve God and others in this world. One last thing. Jesus says, They love places of honor, greetings of salutations. Well, Jesus is basically criticizing their titles and their status. It's only to get attention to themselves. Again, don't get me wrong. Titles are okay. They tell us of a person's responsibility, the chief financial officer, the chief information officer. But what's the temptation? When those titles become part of our identity, then we become attached to them such that they become addicting. We want more and more of them. Notice Jesus' response here. The greatest among you must be the servant of all. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. What is Jesus getting at here? Pride. Pride. That's why it's one of the seven deadliest of all sins. Pride essentially is navel-gazing. We're constantly looking in on ourselves, recognizing that the whole world is about us and me, satisfying my desires and my wants my personal self-interest. What does it do? It spiritually paralyzes us where we can't live out our faith or serve others. What's the opposite of pride? Humility. Humility is the person that is no longer navel-gazing, but instead is looking out and seeing the world through the eyes of Jesus Christ. And in doing so, they're naturally compelled to help people in different ways, helping people by praying for them, by sharing their skills and abilities, or sharing their treasure. And that's at the heart of stewardship. 
recognizing that we are stewards, stewards of the many gifts that God has given us in our life. And we don't use them for the express purpose of our own personal self-interest. That's what the prideful person does. No, we use those gifts for the express purpose of serving God and others in this world. And that's a great lesson that Jesus is trying to teach the apostles and us. Friends, strongly encourage you, take some time this week. Go over this gospel. It has some nice moral and spiritual lessons for all of us to help us always remain on the right track, the track that always leads to Jesus. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.